So holding by Melech Malif, we had Perachov, Pasuk Lamed Gimel, this year was started as a Schussi Lenishmas, Yecheskel Shraga ben Avram Yehuda, Shrosvi a Schussi Lenishmas, Moshe ben Daniel, Chaim Eloz ben Shemshanarye, Nesta Tzirovas Yecheskel, as well as a Schuss for Fushlema, Chaim Moshe Shua ben Malka Chaim Dei ben Menorachal, and Chanalea Bashain de Rachel. It should also be a Schuss for Yeshua for all those in the Makam Sakona in and around Eretz Yisrael. So we saw previously that the servants of Ben Hadad convinced Ben Hadad that they should go and throw themselves at the mercy of Achav. Achav is a merciful king, and probably he will allow them to live. So Ben-Hadad agrees, they go and throw themselves at the mercy of Achav, and and Achav surprises them by not only uh, accepting them, but also declaring Ben-Hadad to be his brother. So So the men, the servants of Ben-Hadad, took this as a good omen. And Rashi says that even if this was a slip of the tongue of Achav, but still they interpreted it as a good sign. The fact that Achav referred to him as Achi, even if it was a slip of the tongue and it was a mistake, it was still a good sign. So, so they quickly seized on that expression. Before Achav could backtrack or retract that Lashon, so they immediately turned around and used that expression back to Achav so he couldn't retract. So, and they said, indeed, your brother Ben Adad has survived. So, Achav says, go and bring him in front of me. So, Ben Adad now comes in front of Achav, and Achav surprises everyone by not only treating him as an equal, but lowering himself to help Ben-Hadad get on his chariot, as if Ben-Hadad is going to go back to Aram as a conquering hero, and Achav is the one who lost the war. So the Rabag explains that once Achav used that expression, so they made sure not to leave him any room to backtrack, and when they were convinced that Achav was sincere, so then they went to bring out Ben-Hadad, they knew that Achav would really allow him to live. The um, uh, the Malbim learns slightly differently. He says that originally when Achav says Achihu, they were suspicious that Achav was really being facetious or that Achav was really making chayzek, making fun of Ben-Hadad by calling him his brother. So so they tested him a little bit further to see, they wanted to feel out Achav to see if he was being sincere. And as soon as they determined that he was sincere, so then then they did seize on that expression. But there was a little bit further of a conversation going on between them to ascertain what Achav's attitude was towards Ben Hadad if he sincerely felt that he was his brother. So Pasuk Lamedalid, so Vayomere love, so Ben Hadad now wants to throw a little bit of a bone to Achav, so he says to him, you know what, the cities that my father took from your father, Ashif, I'm going to return them. And Vichutzais, the marketplaces, Tasim Lechabi Damasek, the marketplaces of Damascus, I'm going to turn over to your control. Kasher Samavi B'Shoimran, just like my father did in Shoimran. So Ben Hadad here tries to make some concessions, some promises to Achav. Va'ani Babrisa Ashal Cheko. So Achav accepts it, and Achav says, you know, with this treaty, I'm going to send you away. They made a treaty together, and he sends them away. It was without any guarantees that Ben-Hadad would comply. And whereas Ben-Hadad originally treated Achav with such contempt, and yet here, Achav not only was victorious, but he and he could have treated him as a loser, but not only that, but he raises him up as if he is still subservient. He's maintaining the same attitude when Ben-Hadad originally threatened him in the beginning of the Perek and Achav lowered himself. He's still lowering himself now, even though he defeated Ben-Hadad twice. And you see here the failure of Achav, that Achav did not properly assert his role as, as the ruler, as the as the um, Adoin, the master over Ben-Hadad. He let him go without any guarantee of 
of, of that he would comply. He threw, Benhada throws out these terms. Achav has no way of ensuring that he's actually going to keep his word. And in fact, he doesn't keep his word. Achav has to go to war with him, and we'll see in Perich of Beis. And that ultimately costs Achav his life. This misplaced Rachmanus that he has for Benhada comes back to bite him in the end. And the Radak adds on this misplaced Rachmanus that, ben ha- that Achav has, that Achav should have realized when the 27,000 soldiers of Aram ran back to the city of Afek and they were miraculously killed by the wall of Afek that collapsed on them. So Achav should have understood that Hashem did not want anyone from Aram to survive. So Ben Hadad, who also ran back to Afek, yet as a miracle within a miracle, he was speared from the collapse of the wall, even though 27,000 of his soldiers were not. So apparently he was either one of the first, or one of the last to enter the city, and through Ashgach Pratis he was saved. Why was he left alive? We said last time, to test Achav, would Achav be merciful when Achzarius, when cruelty is really required? Why? Because there's a, a famous expression, Mishle, which is Verachame Rishoyim Achzari, that when you have Rachmanus on a Rasha, it's really cruelty. Why? Because a Rasha is weakened only when he's captured, only when he's put down. But when you set a Russia free, so ultimately he's going to rise up against anyone who has Rachmanus on them, and he's ultimately going to take uh, revenge against them. And as we see from Agag, when uh, Shaul has Rachmanus on Agag and lets him live, ultimately the descendants of Agag in Haman try to wipe out the uh, the rest of Klai Yisrael. The misplaced uh, um, Rachmanus that Shaul had came back to bite Klai Yisrael. Similarly over here, the misplaced Rachmanus that Achav had on Ben-Hadad comes back to ultimately cost Achav his life. The Dasoifim says an interesting idea that in the beginning of the Perak, Achav acts very smartly. He takes the advice of the Zikanim, and unlike Rechavam, who rejected the advice of the Zikanim, Achav listened to the Zikanim. And in fact, that's what brought about this great Yeshua. However, Achav here should have asked the Navi, Mechio, about keeping Ben Hadad alive. His connection to the other nations of the world and his mistrust of the Neviim is what brought about this mistake. And the Radak adds that Achav had been specifically instructed by Mechio to to not let Ben Hadad survive. So therefore, he was disobeying directly the words, the instructions that the Navi had given him. The Sefer Nitei Eson says that the lesson the Navi wants you to learn over here is that you can never trust a guy. You never trust an Ovid Kachavim or Mazalais, don't rely on them with regards to anything. And even if it's a Chash of a person, for example, one of the leading uh, wise men or one of the kings, and you see here from Achav that Achav treated him as his brother. Achav here makes a bris with him and sends him away. And yet we see not, not uh, that many years later and two prakim later, immediately the king of Aram now is taking his army once again to battle and ultimately kills Achav. There is no greater kafoi toiv than this king here, Ben Hadad, and the way he showed his, uh, his uh, appreciation, his gratitude to Achav. But again, it's Rachamei Rishoyim Achzari.